Welcome to Bootability, a new weekly podcast about the amazing ability people have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm Jihee Jolly, a journalist and practitioner of SGI Nichiren Buddhism, and you may have come here from our other podcast, Buddhist Solutions for Life's Problems. On this show, which is shorter and recorded weekly, we get into the nuts and bolts of Bootability, which can be defined as the unlimited potential you have in your life to be happy and change the world. The reality is we're already enlightened. It's only as we face obstacles, stress, and our own messiness that we start to forget it. This podcast and our new publication, which you can read at buddhability.org, is all about how to believe in yourself again, told through stories, advice, and tips from a community of Buddhists doing it every day and changing the world along the way. Each week on this show, you'll hear honest conversations with people of all walks of life, reflecting on their own Buddhability, what it looks like, how it feels, and how the philosophy of SGI Nichiren Buddhism, which is based on the practice of chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, can be used to bring it out. Today, we're talking to Cynthia McCrite, a good friend of mine and a fellow Buddhist who was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and has been chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo for the past eight years. She's going to help break down what it takes to believe in yourself, how you can tap into your bootability, and how she tapped into her own. But before we hear from her, for those who are new, here are a few basics of the practice. SGI Nichiren Buddhism is a form of Mahayana Buddhism centered on the daily practice of chanting the title of the Lotus Sutra, Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. We have a great video to teach you how to chant on the site if you're interested. Essentially, chanting is a way to strengthen the best parts of yourself, what Buddhists call your enlightenment, which is a superpower that exists in your life and in the life of everyone else without exclusion. Every morning, Buddhists chant, and then we take action to challenge the tough things in life, to transform our sadness, anxiety, hopelessness, self-doubt, and much more, and also to fill ourselves up with the energy, courage, compassion, and wisdom to tackle the day ahead. Doing this day after day is like spiritual exercise. Buddhists call the process human revolution or inner transformation, which is basically just the process of learning to deeply believe in yourself and all other people. The reality is your heart is capable of anything. Often, we get stuck in limiting self-beliefs or beliefs about other people based on what we experience in life. And if we don't address what's in our heart, it's easy to find yourself feeling stuck over and over again. If you've never chanted, just pick any goal or any dream that you want to pursue and start chanting about it. In Cynthia's case, it was fitness. She began chanting because she wanted to tackle her deepest fears, and that led her to becoming an incredible massage therapist, a nationally ranked strong woman, and a leader in her community and family who brings joy to so many people. Why don't we just start with how did you start chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo? 
how did it come into your life and why did you start chanting? So do you want the long version or the short version? Tell me the short version and then I might ask you some follow-ups. Okay, cool. So the short version of that, because I feel like Namiya Horengekyo is like kind of like in my life or like orbiting my life for much longer than I've been chanting for. So my the short version is that a I reconnected with a friend who was practicing through social media actually she had been like kind of send me messages and we would go back and forth just like inspirational messages and then she would just invite me to many different activities that sounded really oh do you want to come to like a world peace prayer meeting or oh I'm doing a dance to celebrate like Juneteenth and I'm like wow she's really like she sounds like a really cool person but at the time I was um I don't know it was really hard for me to get outside of like my own bubble or whatever I was already used to um, having in my in my life and actually it was like I don't know maybe like a year or more after we've been like going back and forth and her inviting me to many things and me basically like saying I'll go and then canceling the last minute um, I finally was like you know what? She's so great. I'm just going to message her before she can message me. And I was just like, hey, you know, don't give up on me. Um, keep inviting me to things. I'll come to something someday, I promise. And then, like, right after that, she was like, okay, do you want to come to enter the Buddhism meeting? And I was like, oh, Buddhism. Yeah, that sounds cool. And then after hearing the chanting, it kind of made me... Um, like just feel so calm but to be honest when I went home like I completely like it was not on the top of my mind to chant and um but what did remind me to chant start chanting was that um, my friend had told me it's called it's from like based on cause and effect cause and effect and I was really into I'm still really into like sciencey things and so for me it was like oh you know that's something I can get with I can get with like something like that's rooted in like a factual, you know, if I do this, this is what will happen kind of thing. But anyways, I started, um, I got home and then I noticed right away many, like some like really like drastic differences in a couple of the, um, my relationships. And it was like, whoa, this is weird. No one knows that I went to this Buddhist center today. No one knows that I chanted today. Like, this is weird. Why are they being so different? You know, like, why are they being so like, you know, open and honest and, um, forthcoming and like you know um, just like caring more and I thought like this must be a coincidence but yeah so that's kind of like what made me start chanting because I was like how much longer can this keep up for huh what would you say personally you were able to tap into in yourself once you started chanting you know when I had started chanting I kind of was uh in the like I was under the um impression or like of the mind that my life is really good like I was like oh my life is really good you know I just started college um after 
taking a long break between high school and going to college. So I felt like, oh yeah, I've got my stuff together. Um, I was in a relationship that I thought was a really good relationship. Um, I was, uh, I had like a lot of people who I would consider friends around me. And then I had been interested in chanting when I had that experience where it was like, oh wow, maybe this, there is something more to this. And um, those uh, relationships were kind of relationships that kind of chalked up to being like, oh, this is just the way things are. This is the way they're going to be. The best thing I can do is to have no attachment to the outcome. And I realized by having no expectations, actually, like I realized that I had always had like no expectations not just um, no expectations for like others, but like very little expectations for myself too. It was like maybe a year into chanting or something like that, that around the time I was graduating from college, it was a two year program, was around the time that I like was on my way to school and I was like, holy cow, like I'm about to graduate. Like I started something with no intention of actually finishing it. To be completely honest with myself, I don't know how I got this far. I was pretty sure I was gonna last a semester or two and then move on to something else because that's like my tendency. I don't really expect things to like, I don't know, like I don't, I guess this is like this um, continuation of a feeling of like not really belonging anywhere. And so like being able to um, realize that everything that I ever said I was gonna do, I actually did it. And everything I never thought I could ever do, it never happened. And realizing that the one central thing in all of that was based on when I believed in myself and then versus when I didn't even give myself a chance. I think that's one of the, like the biggest contrasts that I'd learned about myself when I first started chanting was like, I went from this kind of nonchalant, go with the flow, whatever happens, happens attitude and felt like, you know, that was like my safety net. So that when things wouldn't go well, I can just like chalk it up to, um, I tried and like kind of move on to something else, even if that something else wasn't like my first like desire or something that I really, really wanted. So I think, um, you know, this really taught me how to just keep going. Even in those rough moments where I think I had my tendency to give up came up, somehow I always acquired the kind of support or community or like experience in my life to make me stay focused on like, that was just a moment. I'm actually through it already. It was a moment and it's over. So wow, what else What else is next? Okay, let's keep going. You know, plainly, the simplest way to explain SJI and Buddhism, I think, is um, that it's about believing in yourself and that it's a tool to help you believe in yourself. So I'm curious, what does believing in yourself mean? Yes, so it's interesting because I think the more that I started to become, I guess, aware of my um, tendencies or my strengths and weaknesses, the less I gave in to them. Hmm. The more I was able to kind of just see it as just what it was, oh, this is, self-doubt or oh this is really intense self-doubt i think having that the practice aspect of this buddhism was really interesting because after i had that experience with actually graduating school how i was able to like not just finish but just really excel at it so i think in that process of having this community that's constantly you know 
highlighting, amplifying these aspects of the dynamicness of human life helped me to really embrace myself in terms of like, okay, you know, I'm a dynamic individual versus, oh, I'm a screw up sometimes. Or, oh, that was a one-off. I can only break through, you know, with the school thing, but I'm never going to be able to transform my family dynamics. Or I'm never going to be able to transform, like, really, truly, like, my financial dynamics or my housing dynamics. Those were definitely places where I constantly experienced, like, these ups and downs, like, extreme ups and downs. Going from the mindset of, like, oh, this is just the way things are always going to be to, like, being able to develop the mindset of what if it didn't really have to be that way. You know, I feel like Buddhism gave me, like, the question to ask or, the, like, the goal to ask the question of what if it didn't have to be this way? What if you could actually decide what it could be like and then actually make that happen and so for me that gave me like a source of excitement but it also kind of put the ball back in my court over and over again which is the hardest thing to do because I always want to be like oh no it's not going to work because it's up to this person to also show up to the table when I started practicing Buddhism and continued to practice Buddhism I continued to develop this ability to not um, rely on the things around me to create my um, vision for my life or dictate my the the way my life is going to look, which is like really radical, honestly. To me, I think it's like the most radical thing someone can do is to go against like the box or the, sh the whatever you've been put in and then just say, you know, I don't want to be in this and this is where I want to be and actually this is where I'm going to be. And just like to step out of that space of, and create your own imprint for your happiness and then for the world. I love that what you said about how um, radical that is. It, it really is a radical decision. I remember on my street, somebody put up art last year that was something like, in a society that profits off your self-doubt, the most radical thing you can do is to believe in yourself. I love it, 100%. I feel like that was sum up this whole conversation. We can just go now. <laughs> Yes, but wait, I have to ask you about the big stuff because you barely scratched the surface. Uh, I feel like now I really want to know. You, you mentioned these three areas, so we don't have to talk about all of them, but family dynamics, housing, um, and I think you said relationships. Is there any sort of like one one area where you really feel like you moved like a, a boulder or a mountain? Like in your heart, what's the big one for you? Man, there's been some big ones actually. So I had started practicing this Buddhism and I saw some tra changes and it was kind of like, okay, um, you know, what, what else could change? If this can change, then I guess I became more daring about what I wanted for my life. And then I started to develop like this kind of uh, confidence to to be able to like like want to challenge the things that scared me the most. I was like, I want to super accelerate my Buddhist practice. I want to like really. I feel like I have years to make up for. I'm like an impatient person. I want everything yesterday. So if that's gonna mean like you know chanting to like if I have to like go there, then like I'm like I'm gonna go there. So like as I started chanting about that, I thought it was like this one. Thing Thing, which was like health and fitness and so I was like on this really intense health and fitness kick that led me to like world championships and all this other stuff that I won't get into but you know 
through that process, actually what ended up happening was that was not, ended up not at all being the thing that I ended up transforming in that process or ended up even realizing that I really wanted to transform that process. It was a lot of fun, but honestly, in chanting about that, something deeper started to happen. Basically, someone who was like a complete stranger to me, who I started a conversation with one day. And, um, it led to us talking about parents and in a space of a short time we're able to pick up that I only talked about my mother and so they just like kind of casually asked me you know what's what's up with your you know well you never mentioned your father so I answered honestly you know this is my family dynamic it's a mother and me and my brother and that's it so I, sh- I was able to share that I didn't know him personally but that I you know had no hard feelings towards him because you know I'm a Buddhist now right <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, but just don't have hard feelings, you guys. So, just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yes, I was like, oh, I have no hard feelings, you know. So, I never got to know him. He left before I was born. So, that's just the way it is. And I'm okay with that. But then he said something I never, ever would have thought would make me cry. And he said, and it's not even logical. To be honest, at that time, it was just like, what? But he was like, um, you know, what if he needs you right now? And I was just start crying, crying so hard. I was like, where are these tears coming from? It was like one of those moments where it was just like, almost like a lucid dream, but like being awake, like, oh no, pinch me, this is not happening. Why am I feeling these feelings I've never felt before about this person? And like, I think so in that process, it made me realize, oh, I really guess I need to chant about this. And I said I was gonna try to do things that make me afraid. And I guess this is really the thing that makes me afraid. So I like took my mom lunch. Anyways, long story short, she uh, right away was like, you know, after years of being like kind of against uh, me knowing him, she became this person who in an instant had all the wisdom to find him in just like short minutes. Like we were able to locate him and um, reach out to him. And actually that wasn't the end of it because then there was like all of this other deeper fear that was like, oh, I'm gonna be rejected. And then it was like, well, what's even deeper than rejection? Oh, my life doesn't have any meaning. Or, oh, like I'm like I'm an accident. All of these negative thoughts. It was like, that's there, but like, I can stop now based on those unconfirmed assumptions of myself, or I can continue to power through what I said I was gonna do, so. I really chanted to not meet him based on having this like, skewed perspective of myself and to really be able to see myself in like the truest way Mm. so it was amazing it was like so crazy because all my life I was like if I ever meet him I'm gonna be so rude and I deserve to be able to do this and do that but like when I met him I just felt like no anger no like regrets or anything it was wonderful. It was very honest. Like, look, you know, I'm never going to be able to say sorry because it was like unforgivable, but I just would like to be in your life going forward and do the right things. And so for me, that was like, whoa, 
this is the biggest thing that never thought I could change. Generations of my family have experienced like a similar challenge on the paternal side, on their father's side. So I felt like it was like a big deal for not just me, but for my whole family. So it's incredible. Can I just ask two follow ups? I'm just thinking from the perspective of someone who's listening. Um, a couple of things that I heard that were really intriguing. I, I kept thinking initially before, like you didn't sit down and chant, I want to find my father of your own volition, right? Like you pursued something that was in front of you and then this other thing came out of your life. Can you just kind of explain that a little? Yeah, so it's this, um, one of my favorite concepts of this Buddhism is like perfectly endowed that we have all of the wisdom we need, the compassion we need, the courage we need. And then, you know, we live out our life. You know, we have these desires. I, I feel like what happened was like the the enlightened aspect of those desires was so much deeper than I was able to perceive originally. So maybe my desire was to conquer my fears, but and trying to conquer the fear of, you know, putting a 150 pound boulder over my head, you know, or like lifting a car, like then trying to conquer those fears. Um, I actually, oh, the fear, you know, what was underneath that fear was like, oh, the fear of getting hurt. And so when we make these superficial desires are actually so profound because it's really like the effort you make to acknowledge this part of your life that does have potential for healing, does have potential for happiness, that you have, that I have this potential for, you know, that we all have this potential for being happy. And it's like, well, you know, there's so many compartments in my life, there's so many pieces to myself, and some of these pieces maybe will never be happy. So there's that thought that, you know, oh, you know, someone who has experienced this thing, you know, can only be like this, like there's a happiness meter, and it's like, oh, the, the dialing goes to pew, like this, you know, halfway meter, and then the, like that's it, you're on full, because anything more than that doesn't exist for you now, because you have this hurt in your life, or this hurt that you've experienced, but it's amazing because I think when I started out chanting about that fear, what happened was Namyo Horengekyo is so simple but so deep that it just like took me down, like took me deep into like a part of myself that like had the had more fear than I was um, ready to face. But it did it in a way that, like, through the process of challenging this external thing and challenging that, I start to build, like, a little bit more confidence and a little bit more, like, a little bit more and a little bit more. And then I think eventually I developed this capacity to, to be able to face the real thing and see the, the real joy. The joy wasn't in, oh, I won a championship. The joy was like, oh, this is crazy. Throughout the process of trying to win this championship, I developed the courage to confront my deepest fear and turn it into like my greatest, happiest moment. Yeah, that's really well put. It's easy to think like chanting is chanting. And so if you chant on like day one or you chant on day 1000, like it's only ever gonna do the same thing. You know, and for me, I I kind of see that as the difference between like mindfulness or meditation and chanting, because some of these other things, you're just like, okay, this is what I'm going to get from it. I understand now. Do I want to keep doing it or not? 
for chanting for you, does it get deeper? Like, you know, like over time, it, it seems it sounds like it gets so much deeper and like so much more interesting and exciting as you keep going. But I'm curious what you think about that. I resonate with that 100 percent. I mean, it's incredible because like so definitely I think like all, all those other practices that you mentioned um, definitely opened my mind to being able to embrace uh, chanting or giving chanting a try. By the time my friend introduced me to chanting, I had already had a mindfulness practice. Um, I'd already been had a meditation, daily meditation practice. But for me, it's like over this course of this time of chanting, it's like amazing because you really do start to you really do start to recognize every time you think you're like maybe done oh I've done all the changing I could change in terms of revealing my potential like it's like oh wow there's more potential that I didn't know I had wow it's interesting because it's like your inner nudge gets stronger like that inner like I guess inner voice or inner whatever that kind of nudges you on that says like oh really you know and makes you like ask those questions like oh really um is that really it or is that really the you know is this really it or is that really the truth or okay if that's the case then what's next so being able to like chant throughout this time it really it re- over time you really just only realize more and more potential you know there's this concept that oh if you look for a problem you're gonna find it kind of thing mm-hmm. you're like oh you know this is, isn't this just one of those self-help things that just, you know, you constantly just finding things wrong with yourself just so you can feel like a hero to change it? And it's like, no, actually, that's not the case. We're very dynamic. We all, like, actually seriously have these different quirky things about us or different things that end up, you know, for whatever reason, you know, that's part of our tendency. And for whatever reason, we allow that to dictate our happiness or unhappiness in any given situation and our, you know, ability to, like, you know, succumb to self-doubt or rise above it and actually see something even better than we thought was possible for our lives. And the difference between, you know, being able to chant, chant throughout over time is like you start to develop more and more confidence so that the little things, you know, like maybe the inability to write an email because of anxiety or, you know, turns into like these bigger things. For example, like People who are like, oh, you know, I'm going to have the goal to, you know, want to have my own family, you know, without you're supposed to be this, you know, women are supposed to be like this way. And then you're like, no, actually, I'm going to be like this way because this is what I want. So I think, um, you know, these are things that are never going to stop. Fear, anxiety, you know, those are things that don't just like, oh, I have the magic pill. I'm no longer never, ever anxious again. But like when it, when it does come up, then you're able to like break through more, even more powerfully, like quicker. I've been chanting a lot of, in an effort to like continue to go um, move towards like realizing certain dreams that I have, especially during a time when, you know, all you hear around you is, oh, these are uncertain times. Oh, you know, things are never going to be the same. Oh, this is your new normal now. You can't serve me a new normal. Like, I decide my normal. And so I think, like, it's been a, a time where I've been chanting a lot about really, like, not allowing other self-doubt, others' doubts or like my to like feed into my own doubts that I have to deal with anyways on my own but versus how I can continue to feed that part of me that um 
through believing actually creates what I believe in. So is there like one principle or piece of encouragement that you sort of it's like the the sort of like the most important or the closest to your heart that if you could gift this one thing to everybody, like this is really what Buddhism is about and what I really hope for you. Um, what would that what would that be? Wow. Yes. Um, the first thing that comes to mind, I guess, is, yeah, you are the protagonist of the story of your life. It is you. You know, you are not the villain in the story of your life, but you are the protagonist. You get to write the story of your own life. I think one of the things for me is like, I always want to be brand new. I'm always like, like really, I guess, striving never to get old or never to get, you know, be a know-it-all. Like, oh, I've reached this point. I got all the answers, you know. I think that's where um, I stopped growing. So I just hope that everyone who listens to this can let themselves be brand new all the time and just enjoy being new all the time. So here's a quick recap of what we heard today. Bootability is the potential you have to change your life and the world for the better, and you can tap into it by setting goals for yourself and chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo consistently and to the best of your ability. The journey looks different for everyone, but we believe it's crucial because the world needs responsible, hopeful, action-oriented young people now more than ever. On future episodes, we're going to hear stories about every aspect of this journey, from relationships to activism to battling illness to building your dream career. In the meantime, if you want to learn more, please visit bootability.org for inspiring stories, tips on how to start your practice, and sign up for our newsletter so you never miss an episode or an article. Next week, we'll be talking to the incredible trans rights activist and actress Angelica Ross about her bootability and how she tapped into it. That's it for today, and we'll see you next week.